Hey everyone, I hope you're doing well. Uh, we're doing an episode about doubts and, and fears. Uh, this episode's titled, The Straw That Almost Broke the Back. And uh, it's a little different than our normal format. We wanted to do things um, on our own and kind of share our stories individually about some of the, the things that we, we doubt in our faith and things that we find difficult to do. Um, in, in preparation for this episode, I uh, Googled struggling with faith. And the first article I clicked on was uh, by Where Faith. And um, I just wanted to share the first quote. Uh, if you're interested in the article, we'll put it, the link in the description. But the quote goes, what do you do when the thing that is supposed to bring you the greatest source of comfort is the thing that keeps you up at night? And that, that quote stuck with me. Um, being a Christ follower is supposed to be the thing that that brings us together, that brings the church together, that brings you a source of, of comfort and, and joy. Um, but oftentimes it's hard and it's not easy and we're, we're stuck with questions and no answers. And those doubts are not easy and there's some of the things that we'll never process through. Um, and I went back and forth on whether or not I wanted to make this episode, write this episode. And I realized that I would be disturbed causing a disservice of anybody who listened to our podcast episode by not doing this. Because although it's easy for us to hide behind stories we want to tell and make it seem like we're vulnerable, I think if we would not tell the stories that were the most difficult for us, the things that opened us up, made us vulnerable, then what would be the point of this? If we were only sharing service information, that we, we might as well not do this. Um, so I asked um, Sam and Chris and myself just to, to share one thing uh, or a handful of things or a story or an event where you felt that, you know, things are really hard and like, I don't know if this faith thing is right. Um, and so this is it. This is the story. We're each going to go through and uh, share one or two stories of how we felt and, and kind of go through that. So I hope you guys enjoy. And I hope you see that us, even though we produce this content, and most of us work in churches, um, we still have our doubts and fears and uh, things are still challenging. So I hope you enjoy. Yeah, I think for me, my, I think like one of the times where I doubt the most um, came a few years ago. Um, and this was in particular with church leadership um, and the actions that they do, which made me question a lot. Um, is the church not supposed to be a place um, for safety? Is it not supposed to be like um, a sanctuary for those who need help? Um, or even is it not a place to redirect people to if they need help? Um, a few years ago, I had a friend who was really close to me. And then over the years, we drifted apart. And what happened was um, I heard his name again. And it turned out that um, he was doing a lot of things that were very questionable um, and made uh, people around us very uncomfortable. It was very unfortunate that that was the case of what happened, but it became so problematic that I remember getting frequent phone calls, having a lot of conversations with different individuals on what action steps we should take, and eventually it led up to legal action. And I remember before it hit the point where um, the court was involved, I remember I brought it up to church leadership, and having that conversation, I was very angry. I was very um, afraid for the individual. I was afraid for um, the church. I was also just worried about the person who needed help. And what happened was the conversation didn't go exactly as I planned. 
Um, there were no next steps. There were no, there wasn't follow up with me in particular, right? And I remember thinking to myself, why is the church like this? Why is no one addressing the situation at hand? Where's the urgency in making a decision that will address what is going on? Um, and that, that entire conversation, that entire experience and um, interaction really haunted me for that entire year. Uh, regardless of me going to church, regardless of me doing all these different things, um, I was always constantly thinking, why do they not take steps? And eventually, the whole situation was resolved, um, but it took so long. And in the season of doubt, I just kept asking that same question, why didn't they take action? Why does this organization that I have so much trust in, why does this organization that I really value and uphold not help out in the way that I expected it to help out? And I questioned a lot of that. Um, I didn't feel safe. Um, I didn't feel safe for my friends. I didn't feel safe um, even about myself in regards to that. So I think over time, like, I had to be reminded that the church is made up of broken people. And with broken people comes a broken organization. And there are so many things that were just holding back decision-making and action items, um, whether it was culture, whether it was just personal decision, whether it was just fear of making the wrong decision, right? And I think upon realizing that, what really, I guess, like kind of restored that faith I had in the church was just that acknowledgement that it's not perfect. It will let you down um, in ways that you didn't expect. But at the end of the day, like there is one constant component, which is ultimately God. Um, he's the binding um, unit that brings us all together, all these broken people to hopefully be less broken together <laughs> in Christ. So yeah, that was a time period where I had a lot of questions, a lot of fears, um, a lot of doubt, but I think it pulled through eventually. Um, because of that realization, so, yeah. Yeah, although there's, a, there's definitely a number of reasons that I would doubt my faith or the church or any organization, um, probably the largest one for me personally is um, people and you know, fellow Christ followers who, while striving to be more Christ-like, um, cause damage or, or fail or abuse or hurt other, you know, other Christians, other Christ followers in their path. And for me, that's extremely difficult to work through, um, partially because I think I find a lot of my faith through people. Seeing faithful people pursuing God and loving God, I see that and for me personally, just grows my faith so much more. Um, and then to see those people and other people fail each other and fail themselves is, is very disastrous. And for me, it's like, it's difficult to work through that God would let them do that and that God, you know, put them either in a position of power or like had them be supporting someone else and they end up causing damage to someone. Um, and it's, it's difficult, it's a difficult pill to swallow. It's, it's hard to justify that God would let that happen. Um, and of course, you know, I understand that I'm small and my perspective is very minuscule, but it, for me personally, it's so difficult to work through that, that God would let that happen. Um, I, there's countless examples 
of times um, that happens and it, it just damages me and just, you know, breaks my heart to see that that happens. And it's just very difficult to work through. I often find it skewing how I, how I view God uh, and, and I get angry and just mad at God saying, you let this person be a, like run a church or be a small group leader or work with individuals. And they end up either driving them away from the church or driving them away from someone they love. And it creates this division. And I just shake my hand at God and, you know, and it, it makes me doubt that God exists or that he's out there trying to do the right thing. Um, and and it, I think it's easy to go like, you know, and look at the Bible and say, you can look at countless examples when, when God uses damaged, broken people in the scriptures to, to, you know, make his kingdom come and to do everything that he's trying. I mean, every single character in the Bible uh, is, minus Jesus, is, is broken and damaged. And although I know that, uh, it doesn't make it any easier to swallow. Uh, there's something different about this person being in this time and me loving and caring for the person they're damaging. Um, it's something that I will always have a difficult time coming to terms with. And uh, probably the last part of it is that for me, I know I've damaged relationships. I've caused that divide in other people. And I've been in that position of power and caused that, that warping of the gospel. And I look at that and I say like, why would God let me do that? Like, why was I enabled to do those things? And um, of course I don't have any answers or any, any reason of why that would happen. Um, I can only hope and pray that uh, although I'm just someone who plants seeds and supposed to take care of some others, um, sometimes you, you run a plant over or you, you uproot the wrong thing when you're weeding. Um, and that's uh, like difficult to get around. Although it, it seems like, oh, that would just be a part of being a farmer, being someone who takes care of crops. In actuality, just these are plants, these are human lives, human souls, human futures. And it's difficult to, to battle that. Um, and this is for sure something that I honestly would probably never come to terms with, something that I always have to fight um, and power through. Um, and I don't have any words of you know, confirmation or words of advice or anything like that. But the one small thing that gets me through is that like, God loves them, anybody. You know, God loves everyone. And even though we the damage they cause, the hurt they cause other people. With all those things in mind, God still sent Jesus to the cross for them, for every person, um, and including me, right? And that, you know, I might screw up. I do screw up. I make a lot of mistakes. Um, but God still, you know, sent Jesus to the cross. Jesus still died to forgive me for that. And um, although that doesn't make every day easier, there's moments where I can sit there and say, wait, if Jesus died for this person to make this mistake, then like, I should at least try to forgive them. Um, yeah, that's all I got. So I had this period in my mid twenties and like, I can't remember if it was months or years at this point, cause it's all like blurred together. But I was like really struggling to see God and hear from God. And it was frustrating because I was reading the Bible more than I ever had. And I was praying and I was, you know, talking to people at church and felt like I was doing the right things. And I was like, I just, 
I had no sense of what God wanted for me or where he was or how he was influencing my life. Because it was this period where it felt like everything was going wrong. Like, Tyler, you were there. I like, my car broke down. You helped me out a lot with that one. <laughs> and like, it was like I was losing my job. I quit a job that was frustrating to me and didn't have a place to go after that. And um, one of the biggest things I was struggling with during this period of time was that I felt like my non-Christian friends were treating me more in the way that I felt Christ wanted people to treat others than my Christian friends were. Like I felt like my close relationships were with non-Christians. And so I, I could open up to them and be vulnerable with them and be real with them. And when I had my Christian group, I'd like go to my fellowship or my growth group or whatever, and we'd like talk and have a good time. And it was very surface level. But then as soon as I needed help, or consolation or whatever, I'd like call up my non-Christian friends. And it felt like there's this major disconnect because <laughs> it's like my faith is built on, my life is built on this faith in Christ who's, you know, like got this character and this good news and this salvation. And yet the ones who seem to be relating to me the most are the ones who either don't know anything about that or reject that. And so I was really, I was frustrated and I talked to people about it, but that was the problem in and of itself. Cause I talked to people about it and it never seemed to connect. <laughs> so I was like, why are, why is the church or Christians, or I don't know what this is. Is it this area? Is it the church as a whole? Like, I don't know. Like, why am I, is it so hard for me to find a Christian who I can be real with? And then at the same time, I was like trying to be obedient. Cause I, I remembered some passages in the Bible about like obedience, you know? Even if, and I just had to trust that like, even if I don't see the fruit of this obedience, even if this doesn't, even if this doesn't seem to go anywhere, that this has some kind of benefit. And that was frustrating because like the times I was being obedient felt like I was getting nowhere and my life was getting worse. <laughs> and then the times where I wasn't being obedient, I was feeling guilty about not being obedient. And then felt like I was facing some kind of like consequence or punishment for that. So it just felt like this cycle of like, God's not here. And then I reach out for God and I don't hear from him or see him. And then I turn away from him and then things get worse again. And I still don't hear from God. And it just kind of, it felt, it feels in retrospect, like it went on for like eternity. And I don't remember if that's true. Well, it's not true. It hasn't been an eternity, but I feel like it just lasted so long. It just felt like it dragged on for so long. And I went time and time again to people and to philosophies and like tried to reframe the way I was thinking about things and the way I was talking to people and nothing seemed to click. And I think that was like the most distant I've ever felt from God. Um, and I don't, I don't remember what the doubt felt like at this point, thankfully, but like, I definitely remember I was like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> where is God? You know, like, I don't even think I used the word doubt. Like, I don't think I ever said I doubt my faith, but it was like, Clearly, the way I'm thinking and acting and reacting to what's going on is showing that I don't see God there, that I have some kind of doubt that there's a God at work, that there's a plan here. Um, yeah, like, it was just so, I don't know. I just felt like I was walking around in this, like, stupor almost, you know. And then, ironically, I think when I started to come out of that is really when I hit rock bottom. And so now I'm wondering if it was, like, I needed to be humbled before I would be willing to listen to God. Like maybe I wasn't in this frame of mind where I would even be perceptive to what God was saying, if he was saying something. Or 
that he was actually trying to direct me and saying things to me and that I just wasn't hearing it. Like I wasn't in a position to hear it or that I wasn't open to it. So yeah, that's definitely, that's in, that's easily the biggest struggle of my faith that I've had. And like, I think the fact that it's all blurred together and I've lost all sense of time um, reminds me of just how like lost and it, it was like this dry spell almost like it just felt like totally walking around purposeless for a while. Yeah, hopefully those, those stories will, will show you that nobody has it figured out, that those questions and doubts and fears are in everyone's lives, that we all, we all question um, ourselves, we all question the motives of others and the motives of the church and what God would do um, to lead those people. And we question why God does things and how God does things. And, and those fears and anxieties are, are true and honest and never go away. Um, and that's, that's, that's hard, and it's not easy, and we are not alone by this, and you are not alone at all. Um, and so I guess for my last word of kind of uplifting, you could say, um, although these questions and stresses don't have answers, and I wasn't trying to do that, and I don't think any of us gave any helpful advice, but the one point of this was to show that you're not alone, that you are loved, and God cares for you, and has a plan, regardless of your doubts and fears, regardless of everything that you've done. Jesus loves you, and he's gave himself up on the cross for you. Um, and that's a hard pill to swallow. It's, it's hard to, to work around that and to come to terms with that. Although it's easy on the surface to say, yeah, Jesus died for my sins, but to really account for those damages and cause, damages, damages you've caused other people and stresses along things, it's hard to swallow that you that Jesus died for you and that on that cross he was thinking of you and saying your name, it's, it's hard. Um, so, so thanks for watching, guys. Um, I hope you saw behind the curtain and enjoyed our sh sh stories and, and saw something through it. Um, so yeah, once again, thanks for watching. The link to the articles in the description, our show notes are in there as well. Make sure to check it out. Um, see you later.